Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reeling Harry Styles, a podcast dedicated to the work of musician, model, and actor Harry Styles. This week in episode 30, we're going to ring in the new year with our 2022 year in review. This is our third one. I can't believe it. My name is Key. And I'm Gray. And what do we blame Harry for this week? So uh, I recently went out to dinner with a friend that I haven't hung out with in a while. And she was like, what have you been up to lately? Did you see Harry Styles when he came into town? Uh, I heard that he was here this year. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I saw him. I think I saw I think I went to like five residency shows. And she was like, oh, (laughs) what's funny is that that's like not like obviously that's a lot. And that's way more than I went to. But then like. When you're on Twitter, it just like totally skews your entire perspective where I'm like, that's not that many. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about the residency shows is like I never went to them alone. And initially, I think that I had maybe like two tickets to go with different groups of people. And then the people who I care about kept wanting to go to more shows. So what am I going to do? Not go with people, you know? Yeah. But yeah, uh, trying to explain that and then somebody being like yeah okay (laughs) it's uh it's certainly an an interesting experience but who knows when he's going to be back so and i'm not saying that to curse him into coming back in 2024 (laughs) i need to keep money in my wallet harold (laughs) yeah i was gonna say probably sooner rather than later because it seems like we're just in never-ending love on tour mode, which I'm not complaining about, but mm-hmm. we'll have to see. We'll have to see. What do you blame Harry for, Key? Well, usually in these episodes, in these year-end episodes, I blame Harry for some kind of merch item that somebody in my family searched on Amazon for and found in the weeks leading up to the holidays. But this year, we're recording this pre-Christmas. Can you believe it? So um, I'm going to blame him for in advance for anything that I may receive. But yeah, I guess this can be our little segue too into like podcast related business because it is funny that we go like, and what do we blame Harry for this week? Like we talk (laughs) weekly or like by the week when actually, you know, it's been months since we've recorded an episode, a month since we released the last one. And based on our listener statistics for our year end episodes, we've got our hardcore listenership listening in on this one with us so maybe they won't mind if not you know you can skip ahead to hear the good stuff but yeah so we just kind of wanted to give a little update on where we're at with the podcast and kind of like talk talk through that so obviously like the platonic ideal for a podcast like this is like when harry's busy and doing a lot of stuff we're like oh my gosh yes so much to talk about we're just like always recording and like getting episodes out and like woo this is awesome but like obviously we have things going on in our lives and like it, it can be hard to kind of like respond in real time to things like that. So that's something that we learned this year was that like, you know, when you have a movie coming out and then another movie coming out and then this thing happening and a magazine cover and blah, 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 you know, that there's a lot and there's a lot to respond to there. And when it interacts with kind of like life things and whatever, responding in that way can be challenging. Yeah. So Key and I have just been talking a lot about like the direction that we want to take this because Obviously, we would love to have all of the time in the world to every time Harry does something, drop everything, go, okay, we're going to record on this for two and a half hours and then have it out tomorrow. But it's just not feasible for us to do that as people who work full time and have (laughs) 
like lives outside the podcast. So we're kind of trying to talk about ways that we can cover everything that we want to cover, but uh, maybe on a different timeline than right up to the moment. So, you know, maybe if Harry drops a music video, we don't talk about it for a little while, which I feel like you guys have already gotten used to anyway. <laughs> yeah, because that's just like what we've been doing these these past few months. So yeah, so we have this structure where like, you know, for a while we were doing episodes like relatively monthly and on a pretty consistent monthly basis. And obviously in the past few months, that's really fallen by the wayside. And like we've kind of said in this, that's for, for a variety of reasons, the details of which we won't really get into. But yeah, I think it has taught us that that kind of like instant response is like, you know, not always the the best way to do things and so when we first started this podcast that wasn't what we did because there wasn't anything happening so we were kind of like making things in retrospect and yeah so you might see from us you know in the next year episodes on music for a sushi restaurant music video things like that you might not we're kind of still working through that and and talking about it but yeah so that's kind of like your 2022 update on where we're at and yeah we're going to kind of continuously evolve on this as harry is and uh yeah we enjoy making it and we enjoy all the listener feedback that you guys send us and so you're very appreciated and if you guys have any like thoughts on favorite elements of the podcast that you hope that we keep in regular episodes or like if you like when we cover certain topics more than other topics, that all is really helpful to us in letting us know like what our audience is interested in hearing us talk about and helping us prioritize yeah. the episodes. So if you have any thoughts about, you know, that or any preferences of like, I would like you to cover this before this, or like, I wish that you guys did more news episodes or more games episodes or whatever. Let us know. Yeah, let us know at WeBloomHarryStyles at gmail.com. <laughs> or on the Twitter account with the messages. I promise that we do still check the Twitter and Tumblr inboxes, even though we don't always post there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, again, like, I guess this is a good time to say thank you for the past year in We Bloom Harry Styles. The yes, podcast. thank you so much. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been it's been a roller coaster this year, which we're going to get into in a second. Gray, you can kind of walk us through like all the different things that happened this year and which a lot happened. But I guess, yeah, this is a good time to say too that, that a lot of this stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about so much. So this episode kind of provides a good little place for us to kind of break down our thoughts on these things, not in like the super in-depth three hours of recorded content type detail that you might have seen from us in the past. But but yeah, if you've been waiting to hear, if you've been waiting desperately and chomping at the bit to hear our thoughts on, you know, the music for a sushi restaurant music video, you know, this this episode can kind of be, can kind of be one of those. So yeah, great. Why don't we get into things that happened in 2022? Okay. So when I was making this document, I had copied it over from our last two years and reviews and we always kind of start off with a list of notable things that happened in this past year and when i had got to that bullet point uh in the document i had just put in parentheses ha 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 because it, it seemed like every time harry did something this year it was notable yeah like biopic level notable you know what i mean yeah big year so notable things that happened in this past year vaguely in order coachella as it was, which was number one for 15 weeks, Harry's house came out. He brought Love on Tour to Europe, North America, and Latin America. The As It Was, Late Night Talking, and Music for a Sushi Restaurant music videos released. 
Uh, Don't Worry Darling came out. My Policeman came out. If you guys hadn't noticed that they released, I know that they made no media splash at all. He got a bunch of Grammy nominations for As It Was in Harry's House. He released Gucci Ha Ha, which is his collaboration with Alessandro McKelly, who is leaving Gucci this year. So it was kind of, I guess, the final capsule on that specific part of their creative partnership. And just this week, Billboard rated him the number two greatest pop star of the year. He came in second place to Bad Bunny, who is a very worthy competitor. So how are we feeling about that, Key? I know that every episode for the past little while, I've listed all the things that have happened. And then I've been like, so how do you feel about that? And you're like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it, that's just like so many things. Like hearing you read all that out, I'm like, fuck, because it's just like been the reality for this past year. So I haven't questioned it that much. But like, it's one thing to do a magazine photo shoot or something like that, where you go in for like a day, a few days and you do that. But like looking at this list, there's an enormous tour. There's an entire album. There's two films. That's like even for an actor, like if his only thing was an actor and he was being an actor and he was in two films, that would be like somebody's year. But then you add on to that one of the best selling, maybe the best selling album of 2022 and all those other things. It's just like, that's insane, man. Yeah. I'm just thinking about uh, when Andrew Garfield was white boy of the month last year and (laughs) That was because he had both Tick, Tick, Boom and the Spider-Man movies. They came out around the same time, but it wasn't even in like the same month. They came out within like, what, like six months of each other or something, right? Yeah, I feel like it was pretty close, but I don't remember the exact time span, but yeah. But then Harry's movies were like one month and then the next month. So he was very front-loaded in the fall. But then at the same time, he also had the number one song in the country and he was setting like vinyl records and... Yeah, and then he was releasing this capsule collection. All of these things would have made a big splash, but they all happened around the same time, within like five months. Yeah, and that's really weird in the sense that like when you say Coachella is the first thing that happened this year, like that feels like three years ago to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it doesn't even really feel like Harry's House came out this year, but it did. So it's like something to really wrap your head around. But I guess I have like... A little bit of complex feelings, as people will know from our last episode on all of these things happening at once and like what that's done in terms of media coverage and whatever. But yeah, a a lot of amazing accomplishments and exciting creative endeavors in there to talk about. And so, yeah, looking forward to, to breaking that down. So let's get into our favorite casual looks from 2022. My favorite casual looks were one, he wore a Bodhi peach cardigan when he was just out and about and he had his hair in a clip on his head. And it's one of the cutest things that he's ever worn. He looks so cozy and cute. And then the runner up. So in this is in Argentina, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So in Argentina, when they won one of the World Cup games, he came out on stage and he was like jazzing up the crowd And he was wearing a shirt and the shirt was quickly identified as saying, did you ever feel like a fire hydrant and all of your friends were dogs? What what an interesting shirt. I have many questions. I haven't had so many questions since 
last year's sticks and stones may break my bones but whips and chains excite me look he loves a graphic tee i we actually and all you know this category was harder i feel like this year than it has been in the past mostly just because he's been on tour so like every single night there's been like a new tour look so there's been less of the you know the the casual looks but yeah he loves a graphic tee so this was like really the only one that i can think of that we got this year and what 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 a one to get yeah what was your favorite casual look key so Bodhi just like does not miss for me everything i've ever done i love and so really the only thing i did really love the the peach jacket that you pointed out um the other one i have to shout out there's this this lace Bodhi shirt where it's like a white lace and then it has like i don't know what what would you call it it's like it looks like paint almost that's like pink and like a neon yellow yeah um, i don't know it's it's gorgeous it's a uh... It's it's from his set of photographs where he had his movie star kind of swarmed by the Paps moment in New York City. <laughs> yeah, so in that shirt. way, the situation is complex, but the actual <laughs> like fashion moment itself was great. I don't know. He wore it with these kind of like baggy brown pants, which like probably shouldn't work, but like does. And like he looked really tan and he pulled it off and it looked really good. So that was the one when scrolling through, you know, one of those fashion year pages. That's that's the one that stood out to me as my favorite. But yeah, I just one day, Gray, I just want to be of a certain level where I can just buy up the Bodhi store because everything they make is really good. No, you need to be of a level where Bodhi comes to you, okay? <laughs> Look, I didn't want to say it, but... They're going to say, Key, we want you in our clothes. You know, they can say that right now. What's stopping them? Really, <laughs> exactly. my question. My 400 followers on Instagram, like, I could be an influencer. Like Those are influencer numbers. It's true. Okay, so yeah, so I don't, I guess, yeah, my runner-up would be the, would be the peach jacket, and that's really all I have. I, I feel like those are the standouts for me. All right, so we'll move into favorite tour looks. It's interesting because there's almost no tour, like, misses for me this time. Like, I'm, like, consistently blown away whenever he gets on stage. Like, the way that the outfits are so carefully structured to allow him to dance and, like, the way that his taste has evolved to this really specific aesthetic that's just, like touches of the past but it's like so his own i'm obsessed with it so initially picking a favorite like it felt hard but then i really sat and thought about like what does it mean to be the best tour look and Mm. for me the most iconic look from the tour specifically was his sequin shirt in wembley stadium I just remember like I was like watching on a live stream and he's just like like on stage like looking like that and I was just like <laughs> holy mother of god. <laughs> yeah, the Wembley shows were a standout moment for sure. I yeah. found it's interesting that you say that. I found it difficult but for a different reason. I think because I really enjoyed how so for the last tour it was a lot of like the kind of fine line album cover aesthetic right where you had like the suspenders and that I know some people had varying feelings about that I really liked it thought it worked as kind of a quote-unquote tour uniform as Harry has said but I think like this tour there hasn't been as much of that as there's been like you know variations on a theme where you'll see a certain kind of jacket repeated or a certain type of vest or like you know you have these silhouettes that kind of 
are broken up by the tour dates that you know they're not as repeated but you'll, you'll kind of see them throughout the tour so for me it was hard to pick my favorites because it was like you know that when when you have one sitting behind that one tour look is like five other looks that look similar but are slightly different yeah um, and they're all like killer you know yeah so sorting through those was was, was challenging so yeah, that the one I, I did really like the kind of anything that's shiny like that. I mean, it's basic to say, but it just works really well on stage because like, obviously, <laughs> like with the lights and, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can see him from so far behind. So it is it's like it's about the shininess or it's about the extremely bright colors, which I think you might talk about in the next <laughs> thing that you want to that you have earmarked here. Yes. So my runners up uh, first, the variance on the theme. I really like when his looks are like. What if Freddie Mercury was dipped in Laffy Taffy? Or <laughs> like, what if Freddie Mercury was a Care Bear? Like, those are the two. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> those are my two, like, favorite silhouettes. So right here I have this one. He looks like Banana Strawberry Laffy Taffy in the one that I have in the document on the left. And the other one, he has a t-shirt with a big heart on it and leather pants. Although... My friend recently showed me a gif where inside the leather pants there's like a there's like a different like fabric. Mm. So that's how it's like more breathable. It must be like a thin layer of pleather or something and then this breathable fabric so it doesn't chafe. Wow. The more you know. <laughs> what other podcast is gonna get into details like that? <laughs> so I love those. Um, I adored whatever was going on in Turin, Italy. I know that that is a thousand years ago now, but he was wearing this rainbow like jumpsuit and then he picked up this rainbow fan and had this iconic moment of waving it. And I felt like that was just really awesome. And then finally, of course, his Harryween costume where he dressed as Danny Zuko and had Harryween in red font on the back. Yeah, it was fun to see the kind of like different hair moment for that one. And then especially because like, I don't know, that Halloween costume was like kind of like probably a different direction than what most people would have expected him to go for. So that was kind of nice to kind of, yeah, have something a little unexpected. And then to see the band, like I'm just looking at the photo you put here in the dock and you could see Sarah dressed up as Sandy behind him. So that was just super fun. And like all the all the different ways that people dressed up. And um, yeah, that was a fun moment. Yeah, it was great. Okay, Key, what were your favorite tour looks? Yeah, so I think, again, this was hard. I think my favorite one, I had gone through the, you know, long list of tour outfits for this year. And I think my favorite one was New York City Night 6, which was this custom Gucci kind of, I mean, I don't know what you call it. It was jeans. It was a denim vest. You've got stars, like sparkly stars coming up from the bottom. You've got a cherry on the back. I just really like it was like the double toned denim where you had this like light denim and the dark denim I really really liked and anything that's kind of more in that like sort of leaning towards cowboy like he wore at different parts in the tour kind of like those fringe jackets and stuff like that which I find really fun. Yeah, so I think that was my favorite one. And then also, like I said, kind of sitting behind that is like a host of looks that are similar to that. So then in Austin, he also wore sort of a similar thing where it was the the denim vest, the denim pants, but then they had like bedazzled like hearts on the front and then the initials on the ass, which we'll again be touching on later because that is something that is calling back to an iconic look that we will talk about. But yeah, so so that one was really fun. And then one of my other runners up. So this is like, 
is it really a great look? Is it just because we were there for it? So I'm like biased for that reason. I don't know. But I, I do really like New York City Night 8, which was another kind of like unique look that that specific thing I hadn't seen from him before, which was the kind of like, what would you call it? It's like, like a diagonal stripe on the on the vest, vest using the term how British people would use it, meaning like tank top, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then where it was like the red, the green, and the black, and then that kind of pattern repeated on the pants as well, I really liked. My friends suggested that it was a visual reference that was very subtle to David Bowie, the Aladdin Sane cover, The Lightning. Yeah, I don't know if I super buy that looking at it, but I mean... Look, if Harry Lambert comes out and is like, that's what it is, I'll 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 own up to it, people. Then I don't often admit that I'm wrong. So that'll be a moment on this <laughs> podcast. And I'll issue a public apology. No, but yeah, I just really like the look and I think I think it's fun. The that sort of aesthetic of like the the tight tank top. When you're doing those in the in an insane tour like this, you're not just thinking about what's gonna make the most iconic tour outfit. You're thinking about breathability. You're thinking about he has to run like 18 miles. Like I, that's probably not accurate, but you know. So so I think, you know, he had those Adidas sneakers. I think it was like a nice, like unifying theme for for those shows. So I, and I just remember being there and seeing it and I had a really good time. And so it has that moment in my memory. Yeah. So yeah, so now let's get into our favorite non-tour professional looks, which is a phrase that like outside of this podcast, I feel like it's like jargon, but we use it every year because it makes sense for what we're doing. Um, and this was by far the hardest category for me because I feel like, again, on tour, you have those variations of a theme. So you kind of get used to certain visual themes and like there's huge pros to that, obviously. But like one of the cons is that there's less things that like really shock and surprise you, which can be really fun. So I feel like a lot of the moments that Harry and Harry Lambert, who like, obviously we should be talking about Harry Lambert throughout this section because they work so closely on on all of this fashion. Um, one thing that they work on, I feel like, is for these kind of special event, quote unquote, type things to do things that are like really above and beyond surprising, mm-hmm. new, something that he hasn't worn before. So in that way, this this was really hard. So all that being said, I think like the peak, the pinnacle of the kind of special event look that kind of set the tone for the era and different things that we'd see moving forward you know it you love it it's coachella night two it's the iconic the bright red the silver the vest the jacket that gets taken off it had everything it had the fruit motif it had the bedazzling it had the shiny it had the chest out because the vest had no shirt underneath it eventually had the pink lizzo coat yeah, that's true. That yeah, Coachella. I mean, what what can you even say? Oh, I didn't even say the initials on the ass. I said it was going to come back. Here we are. <laughs> it that was just. I just feel like it's such. We talked about it at the time on our Coachella episode, but it was just. It's the perfect combination of like, it's a great look in and of itself, but it's also cheeky and it like, com- it, there's a certain sense of humor to it while also just being. St- like in a very straightforward way a great look that like translates really well on stage so yeah undeniably to me this is like my favorite and the one that kind of stands apart as something that's unique and different and set the tone for the future but yeah what were your thoughts on it gray well first before i move into uh talking about my own favorite i will say about coachella night two is that a lot of websites have decided that Coachella Night 2 is also their favorite and use the big photo of Harry in the big pink jacket with his arms out singing 
staying alive and what makes you beautiful as the default Harry picture now. Love that. Which is, I think, fantastic. It's always on some, like, garbage article. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) But at least the photos are good. But, yeah, the the look is fantastic. But, yeah, as much as I love Coachella Night 2, I would like to give my honor of best look to Coachella Night 1 for a number of reasons. One, I think that both Coachella looks deserve to be honored. They're both iconic. They're both reflected in the tour wardrobe. They both served exactly what they were supposed to do, which was serve a look. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, they're both great. But also, like, with the rainbow jumpsuit, I feel like this year I've seen, like, a lot of people start picking up jumpsuits and, like, flashy colors. Like, Nick Jonas wore, like, a rainbow-inspired jumpsuit. I feel like it was Joe Jonas, but... Oh, no, you're right. It was Joe Jonas. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're like, I think it was... Wow, an old Joe Bros stand coming to light, and you guys didn't know that about me, but... Wow, 11-year-old me really, really jumped out in that moment. Yeah. Joe Jonas wore like a like rainbow-inspired vest thing this year. Yeah, just like I, I've just noticed people picking up the jumpsuits. And I I do – not, not that I think that Harry like invented jumpsuits or anything, <laughs> but I do definitely see this like trend. Grace, stop saying Harry invented jumpsuits. Don't you know <laughs> that other people wore jumpsuits? Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm so problematic. I know that – jumpsuits were not invented by harry i actually think harry styles sewed the first jumpsuit and if you look up jumpsuits on wikipedia you'll see that as the first line so anybody that wants to come for gray for saying harry styles invented jumpsuits take it up with wikipedia that's all i have to say about that oh slay okay (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but i i don't know i just i just think it's it's cool i feel like at least online there's not a lot of space for talking about the influence that you kind of see on fashion that harry is making or that anybody is making because online conversations are horrible but i think that his contributions to fashion are extremely positive he's raising the bar for everybody i think it's great and i definitely saw the influence of this jumpsuit on other performing acts this year so i i just think it's awesome Keep it up, everybody. It's yeah, great. and it was a great look. And um, yeah, especially, you know, starting out with the with that black over the top. What would you, would you call it like a furry jacket? Not in the on, not in the online community sense, <laughs> but like the like what? Like, how would you describe it? You know, I, I think it's like a like a fur coat, but I don't know if it's real fur. All right, we'll go with that. The, the large black fake fur coat that you came you out fa- in. Faux fur? Yeah, took the sure took took that off to reveal the rainbow jumpsuit. Great yeah. moment again, Great paralleled moment. in the second night. Again, paralleled in a recent tour date where he wore a similar kind of coat that was rainbow. Yeah, I, it's been a nice through line, and I feel like it says something. It really says something for how hard the Harrys, Harry Lambert and Harry Styles, nailed Coachella. That our top two looks in this category are both from Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of stuff from this year to choose from. But yeah, I mean, they just really knocked it out of the park. What can we say? Yeah. So yeah, so what were some of the other ones from this year that, that stood out to you? Oh my gosh, so many. I just have a short little list here. I loved the promo photographs that he took for As It Was. So 
Like he did a bunch of photographs that were like in these polka dot shirts that looked like fruit. And he just had like a little like sassy look on his face. One is like holding up his hand and he's like, ah, and then another one is like crossing his arms and he's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> the sound yeah. effects really, really amplified that. that there. And he has this Elio necklaces on, which have recurred throughout the year. He's like really into the Elio jewelry. I've never, you know, some words like you never hear them pronounced. You just see them. I've never heard anyone say that until you just said that now. And like, you could be totally right that that's how it's pronounced. But in my head, that's just not how I said it at all. But you live and learn. I could also be wrong. um, But at least when I'm saying it, I don't sound confident. So if I'm wrong, I seem like I tried. There you Uh, go. Not that I didn't Any of us can do. Yep. Okay, another favorite look was when he went to Venice. I know that the the look that was, it had the, the blue collar. That's the look that circulated. But I love the one that's like this old Hollywood, like white jacket with the ascot. Oh my God. Yeah, it's very like he's got these. I'm like, forgive me because I don't have my glasses on and the document is like, I'm, I'm like young, you guys, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the picture in the document's small. I swear I'm young. He's got what? Are they dark blue? Are they navy blue pants? They're like these bell bottom so. pants. You've got the the brown shoes. You've got the white jacket. You've got the ascot. It's really a look. And I think this was the one he wore this coming into the film festival. So I he feel did. like this look just screams like on a boat to me. And I feel like mm-hmm. that that's what you got to bring in Venice. So I really liked that symmetry. I feel like they nail what is this event for? So what do we have to like mold our looks around and what what do we have to evoke? And I feel like that that yeah, that that really pulled together with this look for sure. Yeah, absolutely stellar. No notes on it. There was a look for the Gucci Ha 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 collection where he wore a skirt and like a kind of like a like a like a Care Bear shirt and a jacket and a little hat. And in the video, he like crosses his legs and he sits all prim and it's very adorable. Um, and I loved it. He looks great in a plaid skirt. I would be open to him wearing it again. Thank you. <laughs> music for a sushi restaurant music video. Elio made all this like custom like sunglasses and jewelry and like all of these pearls everywhere. And it's so good. <laughs> We love that video so much, uh, both of us. We will be touching on it again in this podcast. <laughs> I am obsessed with it, uh, possibly unhealthily so. <laughs> and certainly not in a God-fearing way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that those looks are great. And then finally, um, a very underrated look, I feel, is his look for the first take where he sang Boyfriends. He had these pink pants. And he had this t-shirt with like horses on it and this pink necklace, Ilu again. And he just looks adorable. It's just great. I love it. Yeah, it's a good look. To be honest, I kind of forgot that this happened until I saw this photo in the document. And I was like, oh yeah, that was the thing that happened. That's because I'm number one boyfriend's Stanny and <laughs> I have listened to it a bunch of times. Uh, listeners, if you pick up uh, the Harry Styles zine, which maybe a few of you have, Look for yours truly, maybe having made some art for boyfriends in it, because I'm in there. <laughs> wow, we're speaking to a creative on this podcast. So <laughs> note that. Take note. 
Um, <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have a bunch of runners up too. I mean, again, this is this was by far the hardest one for me. There was there's so many different directions to go in. I feel like Harry a lot, like the looks that he goes for, because he's known as somebody who takes fashion really seriously, and fashion is a big part of like his brand as a as a pop star. I feel like a lot of the looks that he tends to go for are a little bit on the more formal side. That doesn't mean like necessarily suits or whatever, but like you know they're dressed up a bit more. But I feel like. The the more casual looks him and Harry Lambert always really nail. Like one of my favorite ones that they did for promo for Harry's house was the BBC Radio 1 Live Lounge look, which was this kind of like, I don't know if you'd call it a rainbow t-shirt, sort of. It's like like a, like a I don't know, like a sepia tone rainbow. Is that what it is? Is that how you describe it? It is. Yeah. So, so it, it was that shirt. And then he had these great, really wide leg bell bottom I think they were jean pants that he was wearing, which I love and I want immediately. Um, And then this great, like, thick belt. It was, like, a very kind of, like, 70s vibe to me, and I really, really enjoyed it. Especially because it wasn't, like, he didn't wear that much around this time that was similar to that. So it's kind of, like, a unique look from this time period that I really, really enjoyed. Um, Yeah, I will shout out his other look from the Venice Film Festival, which was the the dark blue suit with the white shoes with the heart i love the shoes with the heart um i think they're gucci ha 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 um they are yes yeah and then with this like exaggerated and dramatic like long collar to the to the light blue shirt underneath the suit with the sunglasses i mean say what you want about the venice film festival but he nailed the the looks so yeah i really really liked this look too it was very glam very like dramatic in a subtle way where it was like i i didn't it didn't pull focus too much but like it was undeniably a choice you know he didn't play it safe with it he didn't go super you know everybody wears suits with it it was like just enough of a twist on it that it was very hairy but you know it it's not just about him so so i feel like for a lot of the kind of film promotion looks that's kind of the vibe and i feel like again it was nailed yeah, and then I'll also give a shout out to a look from the Music from a Sushi Restaurant music video, which was this, it's sort of about the long robe with the, again, faux fur on it, but mostly for me, it's about the half moon glasses. Again, this is probably from the same brand that you were saying earlier. Um, unfortunately, I don't have the exact credit written down, but yeah, it's these great half moon sunglasses that just look so dramatic. And like the the part of the music video where it is, is like where he's flipping through you know a sheet of paper and he like throws it down and it's this dramatic moment it's just like the classic internet meme of like the robe somebody wears when they come down the grand staircase having just like <laughs> fed their husband cyanide or something like that um <laughs> but yeah i feel like it's nailed and i love that moment in the video and i think that look was really good that robe is like over a thousand dollars and <laughs> i like that it's ready to wear because it suggests that the manager of the Music for a Sushi restaurant, like Gill's Lounge, believed in Mer Harry as a pop star so much that he was like, we have to get him loungewear. Like, <laughs> and only the best for my for my sugar baby. <laughs> yeah, what a complex relationship that was in that music video. But again, we will touch on it later. Um and yeah, and then so the last one that I'll say here that I thought was a really strong look um was the one that he wore at the capital summertime ball which was the palermo spain like it's another jumpsuit here i guess 
maybe it's not a jumpsuit. It's hard to tell if it's like, sometimes it's very hard to tell if something's a jumpsuit or if it's a shirt and pants, but it looks to me like it's a jumpsuit. It's a black jumpsuit with kind of like the white that runs down from the top to the bottom. Just like one of those looks that is just great. And especially in motion, like I just remember watching the videos from that and he's like sprinting down the huge like center stage in that arena. And it just moved really well and and looked comfortable, but looked really, really stylish. And I just feel like, yeah, it was a really well-chosen professional and non-tour look, which is the category. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So shout out to Harry Lambert, because what a year in fashion this was. Yes. Uh, Key, do you remember when we first started this podcast, we had made an episode on Harry Lambert and there was only like one interview of him that was recent that existed. We were like, we hope that he gets his due. And now look at him. Yeah, it's really cool to see him getting interviewed more and more, but also like him styling other people. I think that's really mm-hmm. fun and to kind of see because he's, you know, he's styles Emma Quarian, styles some other artists, which I think I don't really think at the time that we recorded the episode, he was really styling anyone. He really was only working with Harry. So it's cool to kind of track and see how his his fashion sense and his ability as a stylist kind of interacts with different artists and like their public mm-hmm. images and like, yeah, the different choices that are made there. So yeah, it's yeah. when cool we started the podcast, he wasn't even working with Emma Corrin yet, I think. And now he's expanded to Eddie Redmayne and Maya Hawk and oh yeah Maya Hawk shout out <laughs> yes the Sebastian guy from Heartstopper yep oh he uh he styled Olivia Wilde for Interview Magazine yeah like so many clients now uh, it really has been just crazy seeing him go from editorial and Harry to where he's at now I'm in awe of it it's awesome. Yeah, I just like to see because it gives you more of an insight too into like Harry's fashion sense and sense of style to see how he styles other people because then you can track right like the similarities versus it kind of gives you a better idea of like where the ideas come from and what that synergy is between the two of them as opposed to you know coming from just the stylist or just the artist I think is a cool thing to track over time so yeah it definitely is. Okay, so now we're going to talk about what is loosely referred to as our top three Harry 2022 (laughs) moments. Very loosely defined word, this moments. I think it's kind of just like projects he released, things he did. If you can sum it up in one word or phrase, that's a moment to me. (laughs) (laughs) So just just kind of a hear and review of the things that are not his pretty, pretty close. So. Yeah, so hopefully this will give us an opportunity to kind of, you know, we'll touch on things we've already talked about in the podcast and talk a little bit more, not in like our crazy three-hour episode type detail, but in a little bit more detail about some of the things we haven't touched on yet. And yeah, we'll just kind of like, this is what, you know, if you've heard these episodes, you'll know if you haven't. Hello, welcome. Um, we we don't tend to, 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 in order to talk about more things, we will switch up our top three. So like, clearly harry released an album this year that would appear on both of our lists but you know we're gonna mix it up so that we each kind of get to talk about the different things this year so we get to talk about more of the stuff that happened so if you're like oh my god what somebody didn't put harry's house on their top three uh just know that that's why (laughs) yes exactly so uh we'll alternate going backwards from our runners up third place second place and first place but yeah i'll i'll start so my runner-up for top Perry 2022 moment is the As It Was music video 
I was so excited for As It Was to come out. I still remember the teaser video being him sitting on that uh, spinning table and just the drum beat and just being so psyched and going home and like I, I was with my now partner and we were just watching uh, the music video and it was so exciting. It was just great. I mean, we talked about as it was for what, like two hours before? <laughs> yeah, if you want a super in-depth breakdown of it, we have an episode on it. But yeah, it was yeah. it was a great and, and special moment. I think it's like that. I, I just have such a special recollection of Lights Up as the lead into the Fine Line era. And so that kind of first single is always such a huge thing because it kind of sets the tone for the months to come and the year to come and that and gives you, you know, a little hint into the album. And it's that special thing of like, there's so much that you don't know. So like at this point when the As It Was music video came out, we'd obviously gotten the cover, the album cover. So we had that to go on. But obviously, you know, you don't know the other songs. There's so much that you don't know. There's so much that's kind of open-ended at that point. So not only do you have the thing itself, which I feel like, you know, the actual artistry of like the As It Was music video itself stands on its own as kind of like something in the pantheon of Harry's work and music videos, but also it's like the potential that's associated with that of everything that's coming in the future. So yeah, the the first thing that you get is always going to be really special. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Key, what is your runner-up? Well, we've touched on it already in this episode with the two outfits. My runner-up is Coachella, which is funny because I didn't attend the festival and I have no interest in attending the festival. It's not like I thought I didn't I didn't pay that much attention to Coachella pre this, you know, I'm not I'm not invested in the festival as a festival, really. But that that experience of like, again, this was, you know, you hadn't heard as it was live. And and it's this question of like, okay, how is this going to integrate with the songs we already have? And it's this big cultural moment, like when you headline a festival like that like a lot of people were tuned in it's this sense that it's this special event that everybody's tuning into and so that means the fashion it means the guests which ended up becoming a huge part of that when he had Shania Twain and Lizzo as his guests which was so fun yeah it was just like a big big fandom party I feel like and and was a super fun time that I look back on really fondly from the beginning of this year so what are your thoughts on it Yeah, I mean, I know that I went to bed and then woke up for Coachella both times. A thing that is certainly a thing that I did. Oh yeah, I forgot that it was like at like 3 a.m. or something. It was at 3 a.m. So we were all setting, we were all either setting alarms or just deciding to stay up all night. I said, Lord knows I'm always awake then anyway, but. You, I think that you did stay awake until like 5 a.m. those days. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I went to bed and then woke up again. I had a great time. It, it really was one big party. And then I feel like that also includes the next day. People were a little cranky too. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> we were all like awake at three in the morning. Um, but it still was really fun. I have a lot of fun memories. And just through gabbing on twitter and stuff at that time i feel like i honestly like made friends those days too so that was cool but yeah i don't know i don't have strong feelings on coachella music festival except for i have very strong and positive feelings about harry singing medicine at coachella music festival which canonized it obviously i mean true it's undeniable but the festival holders are hanging on to the footage which is painful to me let this be the call. 
the 30th episode of the podcast we blame harry styles exactly okay so my third moment of the year was the better homes and gardens profile i mean we talked about the profile in its own episode these past three we've actually given episodes to which is great because they happen towards the beginning of the year exactly <laughs> and we had other things that happened in other parts of the year um including us going to tour you guys what what can we say we didn't we didn't record in the late summer because we were literally hanging out in harry's house so <laughs> sorry <laughs> anyway but yes, the Vetter Homes and Gardens shoot and interview. I mean, A, it's one of my favorite profiles ever. Like, the interviewer just, like, comes to Harry, like, as he is and just chills with him and writes about him so kindly and isn't invasive or anything. I just, I just think it's really beautiful and really fun to revisit and just sweet. And then he worked with Tim Walker again on the photos and so I just love the photos so much. They're so cozy. And, you know, he's wearing Stephen Stokey daily. So he looks just adorable. Yeah, it's just great. Yeah, I'm really glad you put this in here because, you know, it, I, I didn't think of it for my top three. But I, I do feel, and again, part of that's because I feel like all the stuff we talked about so far, like, happened three years ago. Um, But, yeah, it, this was a really great moment. And I feel like it was so in keeping with the album and the era and just so well chosen. And to have Tim Walker then come back and do this, which is again, like fine line and Harry's house are so different aesthetically as albums and eras. And so to kind of see his like little interpretation through that photo shoot of kind of what the aesthetic was, I think is really fun. It does make me want to go through and look at those photos again and read the profile again. Cause it has been a while for me, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely something that sticks out majorly from, from this past year. What's your number three key? My number three, we also dedicated an episode to, which is the late night talking music video. Yeah, I mean, like like we said, we, we still have another music video. Not to spoil, coming up again at another part of this list. But I feel like, yeah, the Harry's House music videos have really just knocked it out of the park. They've been so great. Music videos are such a big part of Harry's work because I feel like visuals, which includes like things like fashion, but but also obviously includes the visuals for things like music videos are such a big part of his creative energy. And like when you associate, you know, I, I just have these heavy associations of songs and music videos. And I think of them when I think of the songs and, you know, it, it's, I feel like it's a big part of his creative oeuvre. And so, yeah, I, I really, really liked this, this music video. I think it worked really well with the song and was kind of like surprising in a way. Yeah. It, it was just, I just remember it really fondly over the summer getting this music video and it's just a really sweet music video and like yeah it i just remember really fondly and i think it's pretty special what about you the late night talking music video is great it's very iconic i mean listen he's made cute little orgies his <laughs> brand now so i guess that's the vibe of harry styles i i still remember the reporting being like Harry Styles made another orgy music video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I feel like, again, like this is, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's getting my, my. I, I feel like, you know, I was like, what, what else can I say? But I like, but that I liked it. But what you're saying is getting me to think of different reasons why. And I do feel like it's like Harry's quote unquote brand or like his artistic sensibility. I feel like kind of 
was summed up in this music video for me where the, as it was music videos like more serious and I think was like appropriate as the era opener but this one is just so cheeky and like has that sense of humor and like a little bit of a sense of irony to it but in a way that's still very sincere and very like I don't know open and I I feel like that that music video is such a clear example of Harry's creative tone that he employs throughout a lot of his work and yeah so I feel like it was the perfect kind of yeah thing for that time and it's 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 always fun to kind of yeah track those different how that's weaved throughout the different music videos and and the project as a whole but yeah really really a special one of his music videos for me yeah and I think that that music video I'm sure that we talked about this a little bit but I've only been feeling it you know more and more I I just find like I don't know that ease he is with his own like his own vibe like the the comfort that he has with himself and his self-expression is so evident in the late night talking music video you know mm. what i mean yeah um and i i find a lot of joy in it it's just it's just really awesome so yeah the late night talking music video is very fun yeah it is for sure all right great what is your number two <laughs> moment Speaking of creative self-expression, uh, I really liked the way that Harry Styles expressed himself in My Policeman when he put his finger in David Dawson's <laughs> mouth. And also- <laughs> this is a really intellectual pick, actually. So Gray's going to defend this on an intellectual level. Just wait for it. <laughs> we will talk about My Policeman someday. I definitely have complex feelings about the movie as a whole. But I feel like Harry really navigated the sensuality and romance of the movie really beautifully. Mm. And like I, I, I know that a lot of people loved the movie as a whole. And, and like I, I, I do have complex feelings about it. Um, but in terms of like, especially the queer content of the movie, like I really loved. Um, and I watch over and over again and then I pretend that the movie is not sad (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah what a gift in 2022 to be able to uh watch patrick and tom make out over and over as much as i want (laughs) harry did that for me he did it for me wow well i love that for you (laughs) how do you feel key yeah i mean i guess my policeman was like a major thing that happened this year. So I'm glad that we're touching on it and kind of also representing his film work overall through this pick. Harry Styles film star has been a complex like idea for me to grapple with this year. And I think like maybe this can lead us also into my second pick here because through that whole kind of period of a few months where that was the main thing that, that his career was kind of focused on, It just like there was something about it where I was like, I don't really, you know, opinions on the films themselves, even completely separate from this, like whether I love the movies or didn't like I just there was something about it where I was like, I'm not as clicked into this as like I want to be. And I just couldn't like I was like, why is that? And, you know, I thought was was it because I didn't wasn't obsessed with the movies like what why was that but I think it's because what like why I'm such a big fan of Harry specifically is like this sounds like I don't know like wanky or like pretentious to say but it's like his artistic vision right it's like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. his brain the the artistic choices he makes and his team right in conjunction with 
with Molly Hawkins and Harry Lambert and like the people at the center of his team that he works with. I just feel like I'm so interested in the way they do things and the choices they make and he makes in terms of his public image and his songs and his music videos and the the stuff that comes from like him as an artist branded as Harry Styles, which is why we have this podcast and like whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I struggled with and I'd never like, again, when Dunkirk came out, I was not like a fan of Harry's really. So I didn't like, yeah, and I didn't see the movie when it came out either. So I, I I didn't know, I knew that that happened, but I didn't really know how I'd feel about it in real time. And it was that experience of like, I love movies and films are great, but like I did miss, I think I was missing that element of it, which is that your job as an actor is to enact other people's artistic vision, is not to, to enact your own artistic vision. And so to have months where there was kind of nonstop conversation about him, but it wasn't about stuff that was like his choice, really. Like, like it wasn't mm-hmm. like about artistic projects that he was the cr- creative engine behind. Was inter- was an interesting thing to experience. I mean, it was like a unique couple of months, I guess, from that perspective. But yeah, that's like a really roundabout, like tangenty answer to your question. But I'm glad that you represented that kind of that aspect of his career here in that list because it is an aspect of his career and obviously we don't want to ignore it but i i have complex feelings about it overall because i think what draws me to him specifically is yeah those artistic and creative choices that he and his team make that that isn't represented frankly by the films that he's in really because that's not what he's trying to do and that's not his job so it's not a criticism as much as it is like you know what resonates differently with different people if that makes sense I did like his creative vision when he like kissed David Dawson's <laughs> peck and then <laughs> and then he looked up at the camera and smiled. I thought that the creative vision of that was like really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. That's I'm glad you brought us back to the intellectual <laughs> highbrow through line of that because I I I I dropped the ball and you brought us right back. So thank you for that. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, off of tangent, do you want to talk about your number two key? Yeah. So my number two, and Greg can speak to this as well, is the music for a sushi restaurant music video, which is a bit of a mouthful because music appears in there twice. But um, again, so this happened kind of at the perfect time where I was like having that weird moment where I was like, why am I not as like invested in all these things that are happening as I kind of want to be as I usually am. And then this music video just completely dropped out of nowhere and mm-hmm. we didn't know anything about it. It was entirely kept secret. And it just brought me back to like my favorite music video like premieres where you're just like, oh my God, wait, what? This is a thing that's happening. And that's just the best thing to be surprised in that way. And so I have such a fond memory of that and just like going in and seeing everybody's instant reactions to it and like just as a music video like we were saying about the late night talking music video i just feel like harry has perfected this specific kind of tone of yeah that kind of like cheeky winking but sincere Mm -hmm. pop star (laughs) is his energy and i feel like the music for a sushi restaurant video is much sharper than some of his other works that are in that vein but i do feel like again like there's there's little moments in the late night talking video about public image and whatever but that's not really what the music video is about and then you get to music for a sushi restaurant and it has all the things that you love in harry styles music video it has great outfits it has humor it has kind of like that 
cheeky self-awareness to it. But then it, it, it has this kind of like darker, sharper sense of humor to it. But again, the sense of humor is the big thing here. Like I like my biggest takeaway from that is that I just feel like he has such a light touch and and the people he hires too. You know, this isn't all up to him. It's about his creative team and the decisions that they make and the director of that video and I was just so impressed by the way that they managed to make that video, which I felt had a lot of interesting things to say, but could have easily been so like pretentious or like unself-aware mm-hmm. and too serious. But because it it hit that exact right tone that he has used and perfected in his work of late, I just felt like, I don't know. I just thought it was perfect. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was great. Great. Let's break it down. What were your thoughts? Huh. <sighs> Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's, I, I'm pretty sure that it's like my favorite thing that he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. So you'll notice that it was my number two and it appears nowhere on Gray's list. Again, this is cause we're alternating here. This is a, yeah, this is a big one for both of us. Yeah. Well, music for a sushi restaurant was already like the song itself. It's already one of my favorite things that he had ever done. I just think it's so complex. And I don't think it sounds like a Target ad, unlike what TikTok keeps saying about it. <laughs> it's a good song. song. It's perfect. If anything, that just means that Target uses good music in their ads, okay? <laughs> Leave music for a sushi restaurant alone. Uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I just love the song already so much. And then to have this drop, because I thought that Music for a Sushi Restaurant would be a completely different music video. There was like some footage of like a like a circus thing he was filming, so I was certain right. that would be it. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of the surprise. I totally forgot about that, but you're definitely right. And then we got this music video, and he's like a mermaid, and like, but it's like a squid mermaid, and it's like gross, but also, hmm. and like. <laughs> <laughs> right like um, it's a really interesting like it's not cutesy it's, it's not it's not cutesy it's a little bit like harry styles meets like robert eggers the lighthouse like like there's like a certain yeah. level of like again through the lens of like his tone that sounds like an insane comparison because that movie is insane but like yeah really interesting yeah and i just feel like i feel like it yeah it threads the the needle it's even like a little horny which is very impressive because the tentacles are a little terrifying <laughs> yeah uh he definitely he definitely has a uh, another man worshiping his tentacle in the uh <laughs> wow what is in sentence. the music video and i'm just supposed to not think about that all the time <laughs> Right. You've got the, it, it, it's great. Again, like you've got the fashion, you've got the, the tone, you've got the, the water. Cause so many of Harry's videos involve some kind of water. Right. I mean, people will tell you that's cause he's an Aquarius. I don't know. I don't know signs. I don't, whatever. We, we, we won't delve into astrology, but people have theories, but yeah, a lot of his work involves some kind of like water imagery and motifs. So you've got that the water, in there. the glam, the homoeroticism. This music <laughs> video has everything. Yeah. And the sexuality because yeah, so, so many of Fairy's videos I feel like are about kind of like evoking sexuality, but yeah, again, in a way that's kind of cheeky and not like, you know, X rated or whatever, but, but it's not in any way toned down or censored or like, like it's obvious. It's very blatant in the video. Um, <laughs> 
and really well done. I just remember it's like talking about the humor of it. That one shot where somebody's like, what did they say? Is it like, again, it's been a while since I've seen it. Do they say like, can I touch your tail or he something? He says, can I touch your tail? And Harry slaps him with his tentacle. Yeah. Like it's just so, again, like so funny and like. That reminds me of like, so there's like all these sound effects, right? Like running through the video, like the sound design yeah. is really interesting where you have, you can hear the song, but like throughout there's these very clear sound effects running throughout the whole video. And yeah, just like a really, like, I guess like we're kind of covering in detail. We're not, again, we could do like two hours of coverage on this. Maybe one day we will and we won't, but yeah, just in terms of what it has to say about fame and about public image and, you know, his relationship with the media and maybe with fans and just with like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I it has so much to say, but in a way that, again, isn't too self-serious. It just comes with this tone that I feel like I just I'm just so impressed with it. And yeah, definitely one of yeah. my one of my favorite things he's done. We'll try to get out of here because I really want to do a full episode on, on this. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very obsessed with it. Uh, so and we promised that we would finish recording by X time. So we got to. <laughs> we're really doing our best to condense some stuff nowadays um anyway so i guess that i'll talk about my number one yeah we're on the harry moment number one is harry's house hello <laughs> we got an album this year i don't know if you heard uh <laughs> wild but, stuff yeah uh we got an album in may uh which is so funny i feel like i was just clowning on hs3 forever and now it's here and everybody's already talking about hs4 <laughs> yeah and it's our first album in our um in our year in review episode because yeah, yeah with, when he released fine line it was in december of that year and then it was the following december we recorded so we just right. missed it um i love harry's house i think it's a really good album i'm really curious to see kind of like what its legacy is going to be in terms of like, I think we'll get clued into that a little bit when we watch the Grammys. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think undeniably it was a juggernaut in terms of success. Like I think just when we talk about how he was in kind of another stratosphere this year, I think this album is the reason why. And, and it's absolutely insane success in terms of as it was lead single, but then in terms of just the other singles, like it's just kind of like unprecedented for him specifically as an artist. And yeah, just as an album itself, so many of the songs on it are like really special to me and I think are really great songs. And then hearing those songs live, you know, they take on a different different meaning to all of us as well. And so, yeah, it's to have like spent most of the year with this album has been really special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of us saw it on our year-end Spotify or Apple oh, yeah. Music rap slash replays and were shocked at the number of times we listened to X song or X album. But, um, yeah, it's it's just kind of nuts that that we got it this year and something big like that. I don't know. You can't help but think of what things are going to be like and going forward in the future. But just to sit in with it and and reflect mm-hmm. on this album specifically, I think yeah, it was just just a really kind of special yeah special album for sure. Yeah, I still listen to Harry's House all the time. It's definitely my favorite Harry album by far. I love it so much that I actually like re-listened to fine line recently and like remembered how good fine line is because i love harry's house so much more that i i find it amazing that fine line in comparison is so good it just speaks to like i think harry's like dedication to his craft as a musician that they can both be really solid albums and yet i can still see 
so much growth on Harry's house. And it's exciting to think about, you know, like where he was when he wrote these songs right. and like what could be coming down the pike in the future. And like, there's, there's so many like specific songs I could shout out here and so many unique moments that we got this year as a result of late night talking, as a result of boyfriends, as a result of, you know, daylight or what have you, mm-hmm. grape juice, like grape juice, which we didn't get to hear on tour, but mm-hmm. is like a great song in and of itself, you know, like what can we even say? I just, it's just, you know, keep driving is forever in the pantheon for me. Oh, yeah. So it's, it, it's really special. Key, do you want to talk about your number one? Yeah, it feels kind of nuts to have a different number one than Harry's house to end on something that isn't Harry's house because we would not have my number one without Harry's house. But that's tour. That That is Love on Tour 2022, which was massive this year and reached us in the United States and people in Europe and the UK and people in Latin America and you know we'll continue on <laughs> and and go to different places throughout the world in the next year and there's something you know like I said you you wouldn't have tour and you wouldn't have this experience of tour without Harry's house but there is Harry is such a live artist to me and I feel like so much of the way that he writes music has to do with the way that that's going to be performed, the way that that's going to be seen on tour. And so intellectually, you have that aspect of, of things where I feel like so much is enhanced when you hear these songs live and you kind of get these these memories associated with it. And, and you know, you hear the different arrangements of it. And to hear like Polly, for example, Polly Lovejoy's interpretations of these songs and how they lead into the songs in Fine Line and like relearning these songs in the context of where they are on the set list with his previous work like all that stuff is so great and to see you know the live streams and the videos and the photos you know from all over the world all these different countries all these different fans experiencing it like i just feel like there's something so special and so positive so undeniable like so refreshingly like so much about the world and i hope this is not again like i mean this to be a positive thing and so much of the world is like there's so much shit out there and so to then see this tour and like the millions of people that went to it and the undeniable positive experience that was for so many people it's just like kind of like cannot be underestimated the positive force for good that something like a tour like that is for people and then you know on the personal side of it to get to experience that myself and to like Mm -hmm. meet up with you and meet up with our other friends and to see that in person and to witness all of that and the positive impact that that had on people in person was just so special to me and it's just one of those like life things that you just want to remember and so that to me is why it's my number one is that like it it kind of brings all those things together you get the music and then you also get that gathering in person for the first time in a while you know like we weren't sure how that all was going to look this is following the pandemic like you don't even know if you're going to be able to tour an album when you do something like that and so after such a long period to get people gathering like that in that way was just like i mean it it, it can't be understated really so that's why that's my number one yeah i mean you know being able to go to tour again this time was awesome having residency dates was great because i could just like pop in and out of harry's house and i it was just great to see him again you know my my mom had never seen him um so i took her my best friend had never seen him so i took her and getting to see you guys again was awesome especially because the first tour we spent a lot of time 
doing logistics for the Harryween Pride project. <laughs> yeah. So it was nice not to have like be communicating with like 70 people in the venue through a Discord server while I was right. trying to get excited for the show. Right. It was nice to be hanging out with Key while he didn't look like a dying Victorian child. <laughs> <laughs> I love that like people don't know what I look like, so they just get these little details here and there and now they have dying Victorian child to add to that. It makes me wonder what people think I look like, but Key looks like timothy chalamet you know i'll take that i don't really know if that's true in vibes at least i look exactly like timothy chalamet that's who you should picture whenever you hear my voice but yeah that's that's all i have to say uh what a year i i hope that we can with this podcast episode you know give the space to just remember that it's just cool that we have this stuff and that you know yeah and celebrate it celebrate it so we hope that 2023 will be awesome and we hope that you were able to enjoy some or all of this stuff yeah again we'll just like like we said at the top just want to thank everybody who listens to this show i'm i you know when you start a podcast like this you're like is one person gonna listen are 50 are 3000 like you like you just have no concept of what that's gonna be and so to have another year where you know people are listening and we can see that in the back end and like to have that positive engagement and feedback even though we don't have a regular upload schedule (laughs) and we take breaks and we we release these long episodes you guys are with us for that and that feels really great and that's kind of like a positive force in both of our lives and so all that together with all the great stuff that's happened with harry this year has been awesome so we hope that you all have a wonderful the end of 2022 and um, yeah, look forward to the the next yeah. year. We're we really are so grateful to longtime listeners because you can't always rely on the concept that you know. Oh, if I like take a break because I have life stuff going on, or because like literally Harry's touring and we want to enjoy ourselves, you can't always trust that your listeners will stay listening or that they won't like like get mad at you for not posting or anything and instead like our listeners have just been like wonderful and loving and like just like really patient with our like upload schedule and stuff and given us such great feedback this year so yeah it's just really awesome to be able to have just an accepting cool audience so thank you guys yeah thank you so much okay we're gonna go into our outro now Key, are you looking forward to non-hairy things? Book, movie, TV racks, one non-hairy thing bringing you joy in these difficult times? Yes, for sure. So there's one overarching thing that I am just obsessed with right now. And it's kind of like all of most of what I'm thinking about at all times. (laughs) And that is the TV show Taskmaster. I really feel like, again, this has been like I don't know if I'd say it's been a rough few months. It's that maybe that's dramatic to say, but I it sort of felt that way. And I Taskmaster has just been such like a positive thing that I've been watching it with a friend of both of ours that you might know because they've appeared on this podcast before, Ava, and it's just a delightful, really really funny show that is just very silly and not serious at all and i would highly recommend it if you need something that is positive to lift your spirits at any point all the episodes basically are for free on youtube um and yeah it's basically just a show where various 
comedians, various British comedians, compete in a series of inane and silly tasks to see who's going to like win the series. And they just do that. And it's hilarity ensues. And so, yeah, if it's not something you've checked out, it's just brought me so much joy. And I, I really deeply love it (laughs) and I would recommend it. And then, yeah, the other thing that I want to shout out here is Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, which is going to come out next week when we're recording this podcast. And I was super grateful and lucky enough to see it in theaters and it was just i mean the theater just like went nuts for it it was so much fun and i'm really really looking forward to going home for the holidays and seeing it again with my family and watching them watch it for the first time just a great movie what what can i say like i just loved it and one of those movies where you just go out of the theater and you're just like so amped because you're like yes oh that was great it was really great i was fortunate enough to see it in theaters too I saw it uh, in theaters for my 30th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, every year I get older and every year I get further from the person who said I was too old to have a Harry Styles podcast two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I, I went to go see that and I loved Glass Onion. You have to go see it. It's so good. I love a Fruity Daniel Craig moment. Janelle Monet, so good. Everybody in that movie is just like firing on all cylinders. Uh, it's just great. I would personally like to recommend the film The Menu, which stars Anya Taylor Joy and Ralph Fiennes. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Rafe Fiennes is how you pronounce Rafe Fiennes. All right. I mean, would you rather? Because like, what I'd rather do is just like edit myself out so that it's just correct. No. Nope. But- then you reference what I said and I can't do that. So if you, I mean, I can leave it in, but if you, you have the opportunity to just say it again correctly. I need the audience to know that I'm flawed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfect. So I edit out all my mistakes, but I'll leave all yours in and then we can do Uh, that. Yeah. The menu, it's, (laughs) it's this satire of fine dining culture, I, I guess is how you would loosely describe it, but it's, it's also kind of hard to describe. Sort of a black comedy yeah, horror. Yeah, black comedy say. horror, but it's not like the scariest movie you'll ever see. It's just really good. You should just you should just go see it. It's excellent. Yeah. I had fun with it. And I don't like horror movies, so if it is something that if, if you if you liked like Nope, for example, or Parasite or like stuff that sits on kind of like the thriller line, yeah, I, I don't think it should be too much for you. So I enjoyed it as yes. well. And then also I have to leak a gift that key sent me in the mail so he's walking he's getting the key. he's getting it this reveal is wasted on you because this is audio i uh, well, <laughs> i will it. do my best to describe what this is so i open up this gift that key sent me in the mail which by the way i sent him in return a james acaster sweatshirt so we are exchanging <laughs> gifts mutually but yeah, i open up this thing and i'm like oh it's a candle and it's Harry in the fine line pose giving like like a peace sign. And he has a, a heart necklace. And then the halo says, breathe me in, breathe me out. I don't know if I could ever go without. And then underneath, it says St. Harry the Fabulous. Yeah, I saw that. It's I was like, excellent. there's a couple different. It's like these, you know, they make these celebrity saint candles, right? Yeah. There were a few of them I was trying to, I was like, okay, which one should I get? But then when that said St. Harry the Fabulous, I was like, all right, that's the one I have to get. He's the patron saint of fabulosity, fabulousness. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up I grew up Catholic, so I've had 
real ones of these in my house before. But now I have Harry and I, I've been debating whether or not to light the candle because I certainly like having the patron saint of fabulosity in my house. But it also feels a little sacrilegious. I mean, surely that's only a positive, right? <laughs> so true, bestie. Okay, so that also brought me a lot of joy. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes. So do you want to take us out of here, Key? Yeah. So that wraps us up for our 20, our best of, what do we call this? Our year, our year in our review 2022 year in review episode. And yeah, we, we, we hope that you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you have a happy holiday season. We hope that you have a great end of 2022 and beginning of 2023. You can contact us at WeBlameHarryStyles at gmail.com on Twitter and Tumblr. We can be found at HarryStylesPod. You can follow us there and DM us there if you have any suggestions. Let us know what you think of the show. Another way to do that is to rate and review our podcast. We'd so appreciate it if you just took a second and gave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to us on your preferred podcast host to become notified of our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time. Goodbye. All right. Bye, everyone. Come on.